Hey, what's up? What's up, everybody? It's your boy, State of the State of the New York Knicks podcast. And I got my guy, co-host, Mr. Mitchell in the building. How you doing, man, for episode 122? I'm mad, brother. Yeah, oh, I am oh, 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 mad I'm, as hell. I, I'm I'm pissed off too, but I'm gonna yeah. let you. I'm gonna let you go first. The, I, matter of fact, let's speak to the fans real quick, right? It, it, it's the reason why we mad, right? So before yeah. we get into the topics, me and you was gonna talk about. Let's talk about what we heard tonight. So I was listening to my fellow boys, Nick Fan TV, right? And he says that the New York Knicks organization was going to trade Randall and Frank Nilakina for Buddy Hill, which is a good deal. It's a good deal. I'm gonna I'm gonna say that now. It's a good deal. I'm not going to say and poo poo side of that deal. That's a great deal. It's a hell of a deal. But then I hear, and then Dennis Smith Jr. is is both in the running for the starting position. So before I go. I'm going to allow you to say your piece and why you pissed off, and then I'm going to go. Yeah, well, um, obviously... The floor is yours. Obviously, before we came on the air, um, as you give me a couple snippets and that of of the latest um, Nick Fan TV, um, and and as we heard, um, you know, uh, there was a trade um, in the works to to go for Buddy Hill. Um, This team... We've been screaming out for shooters. Um, we haven't really got shooters on the roster. Um, he's one of the better shooters in the league. And we were really – to find out that, I mean, in honestly, probably Sacramento probably could have asked more from a team, but to, to only want Frank, Julius, and one pick out of the treasure trove of picks, we've got one pick. I don't understand why you don't pull the trigger. I mean, what is he? Twenty six, twenty seven years of age, so he's still young. He's he, he's uh, he's on the right side of thirty, um, and you say no to that? Uh, it's just it's just mind boggling. I, I don't understand. Um, and then the second of all is why why is it only a competition for the starting point guard role between probably the two worst point guards? on the roster out of the four that we got. Like, what – my mind goes to, so what was the point in signing Austin Rivers to the contract that they signed him to? Like, you know, uh, oh I, I don't goodness. know what, what their train of thought is there. But to – Oh, my goodness. You know, to have Alfred Payton and DSJ competing for the, the starting spot, it's mind-blowing. Um, we, we've seen – uh, times that DSJ doesn't work with RJ Barrett, just doesn't work. Um, Alfred Payton, uh, he, did, he didn't want to pass RJ the ball. He, he'd pass something else the ball, but he wouldn't pass RJ the ball. He doesn't have good court vision. Um, you know, I, I, I prefer Frankly up there, on, honestly, oh because at least Frank gets the ball around for starters and he defends. Okay, he can't shoot. But he does the other two things better than, uh, you know, that, that's where he's good at, and he does it better than the other two guys. And then Austin Rivers, in my mind, um, is a better player altogether again. So I don't understand why he's not in the conversation to start. I really don't. 
Yo, I'm so annoyed. I don't even know. Oh my god! I, <laughs> and you, you know what's funny? Because we we mad at different things, right? This is why I'm glad we spoke about this first. Because you mad at about not getting buddy, right? Yeah. I'm mad at the fact that, right? For the past 17 to 20 years, I've been seeing so much politics going on with the Knicks and as far as the Knicks roster, right? I just seen DSJ lay a whole egg last season. And I just seen RJ Barrett with a full sample size of Alfred Payton, right? Mm. So you want me to sit here and really say to myself with confidence that Alfred Payton or DSJ is going to help us win games beside R.J. Barrett when they did not obviously fit next to him last season because R.J. needs the ball in his hands. So it looks like a save face move from the Porzingis trade. And I'm really annoyed behind that. Like, that's fucking stupid to me. Like, I I, under, I understand you traded Porzingis for this kid, but don't be trying to just throw him out there to save face. That's ridiculous. Like you you gotta be kidding me. And I got I gotta watch this a whole season again. Like, are they trying? This is I, my I, next question. This is my next question. Are they trying to tank again? Is that why you want to throw? Or is that why you want to throw one of the one one or one or the other of the two worst point guards we've got on the roster out there? Is, is oh it God, that you man. want to lose games? Like, these who's teams, defending the point of attack? Like, keep going. You know, and and as I said, I I've personally are the four point guards currently on the roster. I've got Austin Rivers and Frank Nitalikina ahead of both DSJ and Alfred Payton for different reasons. But they're both better, in my opinion. Um, Frank can fit with RJ. Um, I know it's not exactly ideal because they're both not great shooters, but he still fits a lot better than Alfred Payton or DSJ. Frank actually combined pretty well when he was on the court. It was only minimal, but when he was on the court with RJ, and RJ actually saw some ball. As I said, because Frank can find him, um, which which tells me, as I said, he's got better court vision than those two guys. And as I said, Austin Rivers. I mean, I personally think you know he's not a huge upgrade over any anybody, but he's definitely an upgrade. Um, you know. So my my question to Leon is, what's the, what was the point in signing Austin Rivers to that contract? Where 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 in your mind are you thinking of playing him? Is he coming off the bench or are you just going to put him at shooting guard? What, what are you, where are you playing? If you're going to play him at shooting guard, where is RJ play? Like, what's the train of thought? Where's Austin Rivers fit? Where does he fit if he's not in the running for starting point guard? So, you know, we asking all of these questions and, like, we're going to have to be objective at too, right? Because we're going to be fair. We're going to yeah. say the side that we don't like and we're going to say the reasons why the Knicks is going to do and, and, it. We're going to be fair. And, and on, on Alfred Payton, it, it all comes back to me is he's Perry's boy and because Perry's still a part of it. A part of it, I think that's the only reason that he got signed back and I think it's the only reason that he's even being discussed 
is because he's Perry's guy. And obviously, uh, Scott Perry thinks he he can, I don't know, turn him into a reclamation project. I don't know. I don't know what, what Scott Perry, why he's so high on Alfred Payton. Um, yeah. Because uh, I, I can't see <clears> – <throat> I can't. I haven't seen. I haven't seen whatever he's seen. That that uh, you know. Obviously, he's seen something. Me and you were both not seeing in Alfred Payton. Um, yeah, I mean, I, I mean, they they the ones who's behind the scenes. So, let me be objective to my point real quick. If Thibodeau's seen these dudes, and he's saying to me and you, and the rest of the Nick Nation, that if this is true. If he's saying to us, DSJ and Alfred Payton is in the running for the starting point guard, then that means that both of them showed something that we didn't see. So I hope that if Dennis Smith Jr. is the starting point guard, I hope he produces. I want okay, him to if, produce. If, if, if I'm going to be objective on, on DSJ, because, I, I mean, honestly, I, I just – I can't, I can't get it. I can't get it out of me to say anything positive about Alfred Payton. All right, I just can't. There's just, there's just nothing, nothing good I can come up with. But with DSJ, and I have said this before, if we're getting, if we we get this this upcoming season, the Dennis Smith Jr. Uh, from the Mavs pre Luka Doncic, that's the Dennis Smith Jr. I want. The uh, how. How is this gonna? I mean, do Tim see him? Like I think Derek Tim, Rose? Yeah, like what, yeah, that's exactly what I think. Tim sees is a young Derek Rose. So, I mean, they're very. When you look at him, and you know, as I said, because both of them, like you know, young Derek Rose was always constantly looking to go to the hoop too. So, they're very similar in that regard. I, I think. Though Derek Rose was definitely on a, another level again, as we all know, that anyone that watched him in his early days and has followed his career. Um, but, yeah, I, I think you could say that he sees him as a, a Derek rose light type version, you know, very similar, you know. So what's crazy, what's crazy, you bring up Derek Rose, and I've seen today that Killian Hayes is named the starting point guard for the Detroit Pistons. Shout outs to Killian Hayes too. I, I hope you have a productive career. And I but see, um, I, you ain't see, you seen what Derrick Rose said about it? He's yeah, he, he's happy to be a mentor and whatnot. Yeah. So this already tells me that Obi is going to start. Um, oh, Obi Toppin has to start. It, uh, yeah, he has to start. But real quick about Buddy Hill, and then we could get right into um Obi Toppin. I'm not I'm not mad Frank is gonna leave. I know they're gonna trade him. He has no emotional attachment to this management office, right? Phil Jackson's gone, everybody's gone, Damian Dotson's gone, everybody's from that from that management is gone. So I'm not mad at that. I'm just mad at the fact that you go and trade your team's best perimeter defender. And you going – who's going to defend the perimeter? RJ going at the three. RJ, in my opinion, is too small to play the three. I don't want RJ guarding Kevin Durant. I don't want RJ guarding Kawhi Leonard. I mean – and then you go right into the OB topic. I'm hearing 
Obi say, oh, whatever position Tibbs want me to play, if you want me to play the three, if you want me to play the five, if you want me to play the four, I'm going to make this real clear. I don't want Obi to do nothing with the small forward position. No, and you want to nothing. know why uh, – see, I, I have to uh, disagree a little bit with you with RJ. See, I view him more as a three than I do a two because I think he's too slow mm-hmm. to be a two. Mm. I, I honestly I, think – um, and no, nah, no, nah, nah. I want you to elaborate on that. I want you to, because I'm, I'm, I'm of that. I'm of the people who think he's just a shooting guard, and I think he's just too small for fo- small forward. And I felt like him at shooting guard was a mismatch to other shooting guard. Well, what is he? He's six. He's six seven, isn't he? Yeah, he's six seven. Yeah, I mean, not a six seven small for. I mean, uh, what's his name? Um, I'm pretty sure Chris Middleton's only what six seven, maybe six eight at the most. And yeah, he just he plays forward. Um, I mean, I leave Kevin Durant out of it because he's as tall as the damn centre. So is Giannis. Like they're as tall as bloody centre. So I, I kind of leave them out of the conversation. But I mean, LeBron's what six nine uh, plays small. For, I mean, he goes in between these days. Right, yeah, LeBron's six nine. I mean, six seven. I mean, you know, he, 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 it's not really too too short. Um, like he's not really undersized. Um, but I think he moves more like a small forward too. Like a lot of shooting guards are very quick and get around their guys very quick. And, and RJ doesn't have that turn of speed or that, that quick first step. So that's another reason mm-hmm. why I do view him as more of a small forward. Um, okay. Okay. All I think he just needs to do, which, which, we, which he will, because he's got the right body frame and everything, is just add a bit more bulk. But... You know, as I said, Taurine Prince, he's another one. He's only, what, six, 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 seven. He plays small forward too. Like, there's, there's a lot of guys that are, like, from 6'6 six, six to about 6'9 that usually in that range that, that you know, go in the small forward um, position a lot. So, I mean, again, he could be a tweener, but I just think he could move better against small forwards, you know. Like, um, you expect a shooting guard and a point guard to be quicker than a small forward or a power forward, obviously, in their in their step and in their movements. Um, so that's why I think he kind of fits the small forward. Like, yeah. See, in my, my idea, as soon as I, like you were telling me about the Buddy Heald um, trade, I would have been, mm-hmm. again, wouldn't have a clue, would be starting at the one. But to have Buddy at the two, RJ at the three, Toppin at the four, and Mitch at the five, that that's a good four. And then you just have to find the right point guard to to put in there with them. But that would have been a perfect starting lineup, as I said, excluding the point guard position because we just don't know. <laughs> we just don't have. So, a- so, 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 what about RJ being? What about Obi Toppin being a small forward? You think that, like, do you think it depends on I, who's the power forward? Yeah, and I think it depends on the matchups and stuff like that. I think you could play and, – and right now you could play him at the three, but in a few years' time, I, I don't think so. Like once he's fully filled out and bulked up, I think he will be a four and a permanent four eventually. But right now, as he's coming into the league, I, depending on the matchup, yeah, I'd switch him. You could switch him in between the three and the four. Um, so, I think he'll play – I, I personally think he will play more minutes at the four, uh, but – yeah, I guess we'll have to see what Tib sees in 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 practice and what he sees in game. Um, and obviously he, we know how Tibbs can make changes during a game that he's not 
notorious for. So, um, yeah, I guess whatever he sees is going to work. So you totally for the Buddy Hill move with the draft pick? Like I would have. I, I would have. Considering they only wanted one pick, we got a treasure trove of picks. Um, we've for years now we've been lacking shooting. We've been lacking that sniper, a sniper. Uh, Buddy Hield, it, it would have been perfect. And as I said, yeah, he, I think he's about 26 or 27 at the most. So he still would have fitted the timeline to a degree. Um, it's not like he's on the wrong side of 30 either. Um, you know, he's not bad on the defensive end either. Um, but it's, as I said, he's shooting. Like, damn, and that's all we had to give up? Like... <laughs> you know that's nothing. It's crazy. In reality, in reality, reality, Frank and Jewel, that's nothing. It's just a pick, really, that you're sending out. In reality, like people are wanting to get rid of those two guys. People, there's people screaming to get rid. of You could have got rid of them, and one bloody pick, one measly pick, <laughs> and we could have. As I said, we could have had one of the better shooters. Um, I, I love Buddy Hill as a shooter. Um, you know, and. I actually think he – I don't know necessarily now, but for quite a while there it was looking he wanted out of Sacramento too. Um, you know, he was – he wasn't liking how he was being used there. And He's a starter. He's a starter in most teams. Um, you know, so I would have loved to get someone like him, especially only giving up that. <laughs> only giving up that. Oh, man, whoever's a franker. And you listening to this pod right now, and you listening to my podcast calls? Please don't, please, please, please don't curse me out. <laughs> please, because <laughs> they, if, honestly, it's the truth, right? Um, I, I love Frank Nolakina, but man, to get Buddy Hill for no- basically nothing, the spacer, yeah. I, I mean. And you still probably got fifty million in cap space. Yep. And Buddy Hill contract gets lower and lower. It don't gets higher and higher. Yeah. So, I mean, I'm intrigued. I'm hurt because they really trying to trade Frank Nilakina. After you see reports yesterday that Tib said that he liked Frank Nilakina, so it's kind of like you don't know who to believe. And I, I, I love it. I love it. I love how Leon Rose is playing the media like a fiddle. But another thing we got to talk about, right? We got in the, we got in the Obi Toppin and all that RJ Barrett. This Mitchell Robinson slander is getting ridiculous. I don't I don't know if it's slander. I don't know if it's real. But the last two days, this smear campaign been strong. You hear reports about now. Now, mind you. Tom Thibodeau was a part of that USA Team USA basketball experience, right? He was an assistant coach on that on that management team. And he's seen Mitchell Robinson up close, right? And remember, we both spoke about it, and we said Mitch got cut. And I remember when Mitch got cut. But I also remember when Mitch switched agents. Mm. So now Mitch is on his sixth agent. He fired Rich Paul. And we go and I'ma get and I'm gonna give you my Rich Paul angle real quick. I believe that Mitch wanted to stay with the Knicks 
And I firmly believe that Rich Paul was trying to steer him away. And I believe that Mitch fired him. I, 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 and, I mean, I, I did re- I just forget where I was reading it, but I did read a rumor that, um, and it was just rumored that he was trying to convince Mitch to come west. And I have a feeling that where when he means come west, means come join LeBron at the Lakers. <laughs> so I, I just have this feeling and yeah. And I mean, hey, especially in the last, it's funny, especially in the last two years, there's been a lot of players that have dumped Rich Paul, including both Morris twins, got really angry with him and dumped him. Yeah. And you got to remember too, remember this also, remember Mitch first agent tried to steer him to the Lakers. Mm-hmm. And remember he fired him. Yep. Right? Because he promised them, he said the Lakers promised them a pick. Remember, they picked Moritz Wagner. I think it was Moritz Wagner. Yeah, yeah. Um, so you know, it, it's crazy, man. It's crazy how Mitch, the the light that's being shed on him right now, is like he's immature. He didn't play. He didn't play college basketball. He remember he had got suspended. Yeah. Wow, he's that I mean, he's still young, and I still think, you know, because he, he, like you said, he skipped college and that. Yeah, I mean, has he got growing room uh, in, in maturity? Yeah, he has got growing room with, when it comes to maturity. But he's not the first young guy that you could say that about, you know. Um, and and out, off the court, off the court with his with his channel and stuff like that. I mean, he's a jokester. He's a prankster. Um, you know, you don't want him to change in that regard. Oh, I don't see that as being immature child. That's just trying to have some fun and relax the guys when they're off the court and yeah, be social. Um, I, I think he's quite funny and quite good in that regard. Um, I don't see any negative about that. Um, and as for changing agents, I mean, obviously he's just trying to find the right fit that's going to work and the right agent that's going to work for him and work well for him. Um, and, what he needs. Um, so that, uh, you know, I think some of the, the talk about that too is a bit overblown. Um, again, he's not the first player to go through multiple agency, though he's certainly not going to be the last. Um, yeah, I, I just think a lot of the the trash out there, that, as you said, in the last two days is, is quite overblown. Um, and... Yeah, I, I, as I said, he, he's got growing room. He's got growing room on, on a lot of on a lot of levels, maturity level, and um, uh, you know, from a basketball standpoint, he's got a lot of, a lot of growing there. Um, you know, we, we we only know one side of him is that he's a defensive force. So you can't take that away from him, but that's all everybody knows of him. That's all anybody can really say about him. He's oh, he's great defensively. Um, so that's where I'm saying he's. He'll he'll get he'll get there. I, I don't see him in a bad light or him being bringing bad public. I don't I don't see that with Mitch. Uh, that's where I think so, he talks a bit overblown. It, 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 it's crazy. Now you read little, you read articles just like I do. Yeah. And one thing that I read that was really alarming was it, it basically says according to past agents. Robinson, who dropped out of Western Kentucky before fall classes, was difficult to communicate with via text. 
there's also been rumblings of his family wanting to be heavily involved. So this sounds like a Janice situation, Porzingis' brother. It sounds like the Kawhi Uncle Dennis situation. Yeah, I was about to spend, that's who I was about to mention Kawhi and his uncle and stuff like that. Yeah, I mean, I can see like if, if a player is say, you know, you take Kawhi's example where his uncle's kind of his his agent or part of that part of that process. Um, how that can be difficult because sometimes I guess family members are only thinking from a family perspective. If if you get what I'm saying. So, you know, and, and they can be quite stubborn on stances on certain things, uh, like Kawhi's uncle, like uh, Porzingis' brother, um, <laughs> where, it, where it's seeming like, you know, they're wanting a bit more and not giving, and you know, and it's, yeah, it, it can get a bit like that, I guess. So, I mean, it wouldn't be shocking to find that out. Um, as I said, we've already seen it with certain players that their fam- they're close with their families and their families are involved in their in their business aspect, I guess you could say. So, yeah, I mean, that that, that report wouldn't shock me uh, at all if if he has family members that uh, are trying to help him deal, you know, with finances, and et cetera. Yeah, man. And, and, and then you see, I, I read stuff like, you know, reports is coming out from camp that, you know, the Knicks staff weren't thrilled that he didn't show up earlier to camp. And on top of the fact that I'm hearing he he did not come in in shape. So the smear campaign about Mitchell Robinson is on its way. It's firmly the, the, the train is riding right now. And as, as I just want to say that I, I, I don't want to trade Mitch. I don't want to trade Mitch. Go ahead. I, I was just going to say, look, as I said, I, I think – I still think a lot of it is is overblown, but with how do you put it overblown, but with truth mixed in, sort of you know, like you, you got to read underneath, read between the line type thing. Um, so yeah, I, I'm not ready to to exactly as I said, give up on him. Um, you know, these are things that we've heard. You know, we've heard similar bloody things about Knox. You know. Um, and then there was a little bit there where he was getting trashed for, you know, being, you know, lackadaisical and, you know, um, and stuff like that. I mean, it does, can happen with young guys. Um, but it's crazy that you mentioned Knox. Reports is coming out that Knox is looking good. And I'm, I'm, I'm just wondering, I'm just wondering, is it the Kenny Payne effect? Because if anybody who's watching college basketball currently, the Kentucky Wildcats look really bad. They look horrible on offense. They look like they don't want to compete. They don't play hard. B.J. Boston looks like he needs to go return back to school for a sophomore season. Um, They just don't look ready. So is it the Kenny Payne effect? Is it and, – and then what's crazy – People have been telling me, yo, Kenny Payne was the real deal at Kentucky. And he was a part of the reason why Coach Cal was winning a lot of games. So it makes me wonder about Knox. I'm hearing reports that he looks good. Um, He came into camp ready to play. came into camp in shape. 
how how you feeling? What's the what's the vibe on Knox? I'm feeling good about. I'm Knox, I'm man. feeling I'm, I'm, I'm feeling good too because okay now th- th- this is why uh, as I said and it co- sort of coincides with Mitch where people sort of just got to you know ease, ease up on Mitch Mitch too. All right, there was a lot of noise all throughout last season about Knox, and he heard it. This is just my opinion. He heard it loud and clear, and he came through. And he's come back with a vengeance, you know, getting himself in the best shape, uh, working on his game. He's taken the criticism and all that noise and now looking probably the best he's looked in over, what, 18 months now um, or so. So that's what I'm kind of hoping happens with Mitch too. I, I kind of hope and he's hearing all that noise and all that talk and, he kind it kind of you know lights a fire in his ass you know to to get himself mm. in shape and 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 you know smarten up. Um, as I said, sometimes it can be a negative, sometimes it can be a positive. But it, you know, Knox has used it for a positive. I I, I said it, and I think on last pod, I was expecting a big year from him, a big bounce back year. Um, and and I think now his confidence has been rebuilt um, from. What I can gather from from reports and 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 in every indication is that his confidence is back, and um, that that's good. And, and like I said um, many times with him, uh, Calipari stated it, it will take time. Um, out of his draft, he was going to be a project. Um, it was going to take time with him because of how young he was as well. Uh, so, you know, I, I think he's going to have a big year. I, I think he's. Looking to earn his starting spot back. He's not going to start straight away, but he, I think he's going to earn that spot back. So, you know, I'm liking the news about Knox. I'm wondering about Knox and Randall and Obi Toppin and how that's going to play out. That's going to be fun to watch this season. That's going to be one of the, one of the main things me and you going to watch. We're going to watch that rotation. Because I, I want to see what Kenny Payne really do. I want to see if he make these guys better. But I want to see if Mitchell Robinson can really get better. Because I'm sick of the smear campaign. And I just feel like it's just borderline disrespectful for us to even question about this kid. Because you don't hear reports about him going to the club. You don't hear reports about him DUIs. You know, no. all the dumb nonsense. No, no. He, he, that, so, that's what I mean. He's not bringing in – my, in my opinion, he's not bringing negative attention – towards the team in any way, shape, or form. Like, it's, as you said, all we're hearing really are, you know, he's he's lazy or he's turned up out of shape and, um, you know, he's immature, immature like, just basic, silly things, you know. Uh, as I said, um, you know, and, and if, if, and I don't know if it is the case, but I'm just saying if it's the case that they're saying that his immaturity stemming from, I don't know, they've caught his YouTube videos and stuff, like that's just him, you know what I mean? Like that's just him. He's just obviously a, a fun, loving life dude. Likes to have a joke. Um, as I said, that can be good. Um, so you know, does, you know, keeps teammates loose, keeps them relaxed, and have a have a giggle, you know. And um, yeah, I don't I don't see anything in that. As I said, has he got growing room in in areas? Yeah, yeah, like any young young guy, but. That'll come with time. Um, you know, Christ, it took Dwight Howard how many years to mature up? 
for years he was he was he had that immature label. <laughs> it took him years. It took him years to mature up. Um, so, damn, you know, it, it, it's crazy, man. I'm I'm just hoping we could do something. I'm looking at current percentages right now from Buddy Hill and Clay Thompson. So Buddy Hill, forty four percent. Clay Thompson, forty six percent from the field goal field goal percentage. Three point percentage. Buddy Hill, forty one percent. Clay Thompson, 42%. Free throw percentage. Buddy Hill, 87%. Clay Thompson, 85%. So this man is in a he's an elite shooter. That's what I mean. Yeah. <laughs> elite shooter. So, I, listen, man. I love Frank Nelakina. But I love the Knicks more. And if that trade goes down, then we're going to have to do it. I mean, you're gonna have I'm, to I'm kind of hoping that before the trade deadline, maybe the Knicks and uh, well Perry, because he's got his connections over there, can get something going with the Kings to. And if that's the deal, pull the damn trigger. Pull the don't even think twice. Just pull the damn trigger and bring Buddy Hield. As I said, one of the elite shooters in the league. You're not going to pass. You shouldn't. You, you have to be insane to pass up when you when you're basically giving back chips. The pick, as I said, the pick, the pick, the pick is the main thing of that whole trade for the Kings. Uh, see, all right, and then you get Buddy Hill, so that means that Dennis Smith Jr. is going to have to become a better defender. Yeah, if we're going to start him, and I want to see what they could do. I mean, if he could fix Dennis Smith Jr., then that works in our favor. So I'm not even going to be mad about that. I'm just going to be mad about. Where's the perimeter defense going to come from? I know we got Reggie Bullock. I know we got Alec Burks. So they could probably fill the void that Frank filled. Um, but overall, man. And see, I as I said, I don't. As for like marking wing small forwards, I, I have no dramas with, with, with RJ on most. I won't say all, on most wing small forwards. Mm-hmm. Obviously, you're not going to put him up against LeBron, probably. You're not going to put him up against Giannis. Um, I'd actually give him. I'd actually give him a go against Kawhi because there's not much of a height difference. I'd, I'd actually give him a go against Kawhi. I think. I think he'll take that challenge for sure. I think he'll take yeah. that challenge. Like, obviously, as I said, against guys like a Giannis or a Kevin Durant, it's just the height. The height just kills most people. Um, LeBron, <laughs> we know, would probably just run through RJ. Um, uh, you know, so. But no, I, I literally, I. I, I Call me crazy, but I'd give him the assignment of taking on Kawhi. I think I I I trust him to be able to hold him down a little bit. You know, you're never gonna stop him really, but you can slow him down. Yeah, I, all right. I, I'll give I'll give the task. I mean, if he up for it, I might as well let him try to compete. So, I think you know Tibbs is just doing his best, Tom Coughlin impression and he's talking to Mitch through the media. He's talking about professionalism and whatnot. So I'm excited to see what Tom Thibodeau do. I'm not gonna sit here and have my love for certain players just kill my love for the team. And so, and another you know, I was ahead. just gonna say another thing with, with when it comes to Mitch. I, I can tell you now um if he doesn't start pulling his weight, Tibbs will Tibbs will let him know. Like Tibbs is the. That's why I love him uh, coming in as coach. 
he he don't he don't take lazy, you know. Um, hence why, hence why Jimmy Butler has the mentality that he has when it comes to working out and getting ready, like and and, and being, taking everything seriously when it comes to, you know, their career. They're playing basketball, you know. So, Tibbs, I expect to rub that off on Mitch, and 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 if if, if basically I'm going to say if, if if Tibbs can't fix Mitch. Um, I guess you could say no one can. <laughs> no, nah, I think I think Mitch will be fine. I think these dudes will be fine. I think Julius Randle and Frank Nelikina should start packing their bags because this is ridiculous. It, 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 just don't keep that distraction here. Then, if, if that's the case, don't even start Randle. Just just start Obi and Knox, man. If if that's if you're gonna do that. Because you might as well just have Obi and Knox. You know, I, I don't know, bro. I don't know, bro. Yeah, I'm just, I just, know I'm just keeping, compete. as far as I'm concerned, like, I, I, as I said, I, I'm not having Randall start whatsoever. Like, it, it's the, what the right, I agree. The writing's definitely loud and clear on the wall. At some point before the deadline, him and Frank are gone. That's plain and simple. They're not going to play their, play their way out of that. They're just they're just not. Um, I think I think uh, Randall, uh, out of the two of them for sure and for certain, has done too much damage to his stock. Um, even with with the with the group of higher ups in front office that we've got there now. Um, <laughs> so I think they're definitely gone. Obviously, they're they're willing to 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 um, give a give another chance to both DSJ and Alfred Payton, but they're not willing to give that that chance to Julius and Frank. Um, and and like you, I mean, it's a shame from a defensive point of view with Frank because he, he is great defending three different positions. Um, but if that's all you're really going to be known for and you're not going to add anything offensively, yeah, it's going to come a time and a place where you're just going to have to go, well, we've got no choice but to flip you. We need, we need more shooting. We need, you know, something more here. Yeah. Uh, it's, it's just what happens. You you know, you know what makes me not really you know be emotional about it. Now that I think about it, I'm I'm so glad we did this we did this podcast at this time and not earlier because earlier I was just furious. But <laughs> now that I'm the more that I'm thinking about it, we did draft Emmanuel quickly. Yeah, and you know if we even do trade for Buddy Hill. And trade Frank. We already got a replacement, and I honestly think Manu Quickly is going to play. Yeah, yeah. So, I, I mean, and Quigley offers more on the offensive side anyway than what Frank does already. So, you know, um, that that's a that's a big plus there. That's another reason why, yeah, I'm I wouldn't be too overly upset at losing Frank. Um, I'd wish him the best on, on wherever he goes, and hope to hope to God that he's offensive game eventually comes around. Um, as I said, the, the thing that, that annoys me with him is I saw more offensive out of him when he was playing for France. So I don't get it. I don't, I, it, 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 it frustrates me. Like, how can you do this on an international stage? But then it comes to playing for your club team in the NBA and it's like you shut down or you're nervous or, and yet you're playing in front of an international audience playing for France. 
because that's, you know, France versus USA or France versus Australia or, you know, what have you. And he was bawling. Like, I don't understand how he – it's like he goes into a shell in the NBA. Like, he's a totally different player in that regard. Not his defensive side, but his offense is just totally different. I think he's more comfortable on the ball and just running the show. Mm. And I don't think he's comfortable off the ball. Look, listen, man. I, I don't know what they see because we don't – we're not behind the scenes. I don't know what they see. I believe Nick Fan TV, I believe CP does great work. Um, So if they got to go, they got to go. We need some offense, man. We got to keep it moving, man. You know, it's it's never about the name on the back of the jersey, no. man. It's about that, that, that name on that front, that Knicks, New York. So I'm – I'm going to be emotional about it, but whatever, man. But the main thing to get into this next subject, we looking, now we're looking at the roster, right? And, well, next subject, basically the last subject, but this is a good one. Looking at the roster, and the roster looks better. It looks more modern. It don't look clunky in some areas. I see roles for people on the team. And I'm looking at our schedule, right? So our first 10 games is against Indiana, Philadelphia, Milwaukee, Cleveland, Toronto, Indiana again, Atlanta, Utah, Oklahoma City, and Denver. As I'm reading that list, I I see that Indiana has a new coach. Philadelphia has a new coach. Milwaukee got pressure. Cleveland has a new coach. Atlanta got new players. Oklahoma City just traded away Chris Paul. Utah still the same. They probably they didn't really improve all that much, but they do get Bogdanovich back. And you got Denver. Is it? It's it's not crazy to say that the Knicks can play 500 ball, is it? No, I don't think it's a stretch at all. Um, I actually think with with that first part of the schedule, to be quite honest, I think there's a there, there's a few winnable games in there. Um, if we're talking about the stronger team, obviously in Milwaukee, um, that that's going to be a, that's going to be a hard one. Obviously, Denver will be a hard one. The Atlanta game will be the interesting one. Mm-hmm. That's uh, mm-hmm. looking at their roster too. That's that's going to be a fun team. <laughs> no, it is. It is. I can't. I can't even lie. I was looking at their roster yesterday. I said they going to be. They they. That's a fun roster to have. Mm. But I'm looking at our roster and I'm like, that's. Not, I kind of like that roster too. It's, it's going to be a good fun matchup. That that game. Um, yeah. So mm-hmm. out of the first ten games, that's probably the game I'm actually most. Most looking forward to um, because it would be two young teams going at it. Um, I guess it's a, for me it, it, when it because they're the two young up and coming teams in my my mind in the East. Uh, getting that win uh, for me is important. You know, like who who's going to stand out? Is it going to be the young dog Knicks or is it going to be this young the young guys mm. over in Atlanta uh, to to sort of mm start the next wave of, of dominance, so, sort of, so to speak. So, 
Um, but yeah, no, definitely with with the roster, I agree. We've definitely got a better roster than last season. A more balanced roster. Um, we've got depth. Um, so right, I, I think right, I, I think this roster is capable, as I said, to pull out more wins in this first ten game stretch than say the first ten games of last season. Um, I'm looking at the schedule. I'm like, we can easily go four and six the first ten games. Yeah, I feel like we're gonna we're gonna beat Indiana. I feel like we're gonna beat Cleveland. Yeah, because we play Indiana twice in the first ten games. I feel like we're gonna beat Oklahoma City. Yeah, and we either gonna steal one from Denver or Utah, and we might even steal one at versus Philadelphia. Philly, I think, uh, yeah, a lot of people still are, but they, you know, they'd, they'd probably laugh at us and go, "Oh, but they've still got Simmons and Embiid." Yeah, but Simmons and Embiid haven't exactly combined very well, have they? Um, and as you said, now they've got Doc Rivers there and his staff, um, so they've got a whole new playbook probably to learn. Um, yep. They got a couple of new players in there because they shipped out Al Horford and all that. Um, so I, I don't think they're as strong as what they've been in years past. But also, as I said, I I do believe at some point Embiid and Ben Simmons are going to be split up because I, so far, and you've had them what together uh, three years or more now, I think. What's that? Like four, five? Yeah, years? four or five years maybe. Um, and they just, yeah, the the combination obviously that they've been looking for in Philly just hasn't panned out. I guess the way that they were hoping, um, and if if I'm gonna say which one's gonna be sent out, I think they want to keep Joel Embiid, and they'll send out Simmons. <laughs> if they trade Embiid, if they, <laughs> I would trade Embiid so fast before I trade Ben Simmons. You wouldn't even have to. You you could keep. It depends on the what what's the trade because honestly. <laughs> If I'm Houston, uh, I'm calling – see, but now they got John Wall, so it's like, what's the point of Ben Simmons? So, <laughs> yeah, yeah. See, it's tough, man. It's, it, it's tough. I don't, I don't know what's going to go on over there, but I'm glad that Doc Rivers steered his son to New York. I don't mind Austin Rivers. I feel like we got a deep roster as well. Yeah, and yeah. I feel like we're ready to go. I feel like you could play it, like because we know Thibodeau is notorious for playing his guys heavy minutes. Yeah. So we know RJ going to play thirty five minutes. Yeah. We know some of these dudes going to play thirty some minutes, but we know that it's going to be a lot of back to backs. It's going to be a lot of one day rest games. And I'm interested. You're going to have to use. Yeah. Go ahead. I'm interested since via the seams of it and looks of things that he's quite high on DSJ, how much he'll push him minutes-wise. <laughs> That'll be interesting. Oh, man. So much storylines. Because, I mean, so if, he, if, if he is just not if he is just not performing, I don't doubt that Tibbs will pull him off that court. I, I think so, too. And I think he's going to pull Alfred... It, it's funny when it comes to this Frank Nellikina stuff. This man has been almost traded multiple times. They brought in multiple point guards. And he still survived. So yeah. what would be really funny to happen this season <laughs> is if 
Tibbs do start him out of the rotation at first. And then we find Tibbs playing Frank by game 10. Yeah. Because his perimeter defense needs help. <laughs> exactly. So I'm I'm very curious to see if BSJ can pan out. Because if he can pan out, then we're not worried about the point guard. I mean, maybe 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 an maybe an idea and and, and I mean it's it's all for Tibbs to, to do and he can do it too, is make a make a phone call to the French national coach and go. How do you use him? <laughs> I mean, Thibodeau runs a lot of pick and rolls. The, the reason I say that is who was it in the day um, with Christian Latner? There was an NBA. He, he finally got on into an NBA team. I don't know if it was the Timberwolves or It was some team. And I remember the head coach at the time. They're like, surely he can't be this bad. Where's this guy that was dominating college? And I remember the coach ringing Duke and talking to Coach K and said, how do we? How are you? Like, how do we use him? And it was whatever team he was on. They finally started using him how Coach K used him at Duke, and Christian Latner was back to being Christian Latner. That was in college. Before that, it was like, oh no, this guy's a bast. He didn't go to college, but he was a bast. And then, yeah, as I said, it took. I just can't remember the coach, but obviously decided to go. No, nah, surely he can't be this bad, and decided to make that phone call and go. How to best utilize him? What do we do? And Coach K, I, I remember reading the conversation, told him it's because every team he's been on so far, they haven't used him right. They haven't put him in the right spots, in the right position. This is how you got to do it, and you will get the best out of him. And yeah, the coach listened, and he, and he put him in a position where where he succeeded. Um, so maybe maybe Tibbs should do that with with Frank. If they're not, you know, if he likes him. Why not get on the phone and just go, look, what what's he good at? What what do you how, what positions and what what you know formation and all that do you put him in? That it works. That that you know, I'm I'm sitting back in my home watching France play against our United States or whatever, and I'm seeing Frank do one thing. He's not doing that here. Well what 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 are we what are, what is the coaching before me been doing wrong with him? So we're going to see. It's going to be very interesting. And, I mean, like you did say, too, now too like France did use him in a lot of pick-and-roll situations. Um, so, and he's good at it. So, I mean, you don't have to use it all the time, but if, if you're going to do pick-and-roll situations, that's that's uh, the four point guards we got on the roster. That's the point guard I'd be going with. Um, <laughs> he was doing it well, you know, um, on a national stage. So, um yeah, that, that's what I'd be doing anyway. If if I was t- if I was Tibbs and and I wasn't totally ready to give up on Frank, um, I'd be giving the the French national coach call and just saying, right, well, what's the best way to put him in the game? How how do we get the best out of him? I mean, it's tough, man. This is a tough podcast to record because <laughs> I love Frank Delacino, but no, at the same I time, at, so, at, right is yeah, right. at the same time, if if he's got to go, he's got to go. At the end of the day, it's a business. At the end of the day, like like we've both been studying, it's not the name on the back; it's the name on the front of that jersey. That's that's the whole point. We need this team to get back to the playoffs. We've been out of the playoffs for so damn long, you know. So it, it, we, we we don't have. I think it's come time or come to that time where we don't want to sit around anymore and keep waiting. Um, they, they obviously are looking at making moves to, to start 
uh, ramping up the progress to getting back to the playoffs. So, um, and I, I had a feeling that was going to be the case, bringing in a coach like Tibbs anyway. Um, I, I didn't think Tibbs would want to take on a full-blown, you know, uh, yeah. he, he'd want to he'd want to be in the playoffs as quick as he could get there. So, yeah. It's tough, man. But we're going to see because 35 wins will probably get you in the playoffs in the East. It'll probably get you a, a top 60 the way it's looking because it's 72 games. So, you know, we're going to see. It, did we Did we get – into everything. Yeah, yeah, I think we've covered everything. Yeah. All right, all right. Um, what's that? Damn, this is a tough project. I love you, Frank Nilakina, man, but I don't know. It's looking shaky. But <laughs> any last words for the people before we get out of here? Bro? Yeah. Um. Obviously, the season, the start of the season, is only just around the corner. Um after looking up the schedule earlier today. So um, I guess we can all start getting excited to have basketball back, um, even though it was a quick turnaround, obviously. And um, we, we can, I, I think, start having a little bit more higher hopes, um, you know, not, not get ahead of ourselves. Um, but we've got a better-looking team. Um, we've got the depth there. Uh, we've got more balance to the roster, not, not so clunky, like you said. Um, and let's look forward to, to opening games. A day, day one, and um, seeing our our top draft pick running out on the floor, see what what he can produce for us. Uh, I'm excited to see Obi Toppin in this offense. Um, I'm, I'm excited for Coach Tibbs. Um, you know he has a great track record. Um, I don't doubt eventually he probably will enter the Hall of the Fame, the Hall of Fame as a coach, um, or, or you know to do with coaching, um, just with you know his his. Uh, Hell coaching yeah. if, he get, sure. if he get one ring with the Knicks, he definitely yeah. sure. Yeah, yeah, exactly. So, um, look forward to a better season um, and, and a season. And the reason I can uh, say that with conviction is we finally have a coach that is competent, that knows what he's doing. You've got a coach that has the track record, not not just a, a David Fisdale who's just thrown into the lion's den with really, you know, no – no real experience as a head coach. Um, so, yeah, I, I think we're looking forward to a good season. Um, I, I think playoffs is re- within reach. And, um, yeah, I, I look forward to a fun, exciting team, um, especially with the roster we've got. And, uh, yeah, don't just, just don't be surprised if, if a move is made, though, um, as been dis- discussed before the trade deadline. Um, and if it's for someone like a Buddy Heald, all, all the better. All the better because um, we need shooters and uh, he's an elite shooter. So I kind of hope that gets revisited. Um, that would just add to um, to this team. Um, and, yeah, I think big things are on the horizon. And we've, we've got a good front office, um, which, which we've needed for quite some years. I think everyone's on the same page. And... Um, yeah, let let the Knicks train start rolling. <laughs> Yo, I'm happy. I'm excited to see Obi Toppin, our number eight overall draft pick, play for the Knicks December 11th. It's gonna be a good day. You're gonna as soon as the game is finished, we're definitely gonna record. Um, it, 
it's beautiful, man. Nine, ten months, we had COVID, and we were still putting out podcast segments. Like, we were still oh, talking about the next. Exactly. So, you know, we dedicated, and, and, you know, we always try to put out as much information as we can, and we always try to show as much like as much as we try to be homers, we also try to be objective at the same time to look at it from both sides of the ball. So I'm happy that we are able to share our thoughts about the Knicks, man. But I'm happy for this season. Um, I'm happy that we got Obi Top and I'm happy RJ Barrett is ready. I'm happy we got Thibodeau. We finally got a great coach. I'm rooting for Mitch. I'm rooting for Manny quickly. I'm rooting for Frank. I'm rooting for DSJ. I hate Alfred Payton. And I'm rooting for Julius Randle, man. I'm hoping he can do some things, man. And Kevin Knox, I'm hoping rooting for you too. Iggy, I ain't going to forget about Iggy. And Austin Rivers, Alec Burks, uh, Nerlens Noel, MKG. I'm just hoping that they all help us produce wins, man. At the end of the day, I want to win. And if they want to go get Buddy Hill, let's go get him. And let's get this thing going, man. I'm, re- I'm ready to compete. Uh, it's been six years. Last time the Knicks been to the playoffs, I was 24 years old. I'm 30 years old now. And it's tough, man. It's tough watching my boys get their ass kicked every night. So I appreciate Nick Nation and everybody for tuning in. You know, episode 122, State of the New York Knicks podcast. I'm out of here. My guy, Mr. Mitchell, salute to you. Salute to Nick Nation. We out of here. Peace, Peace brother.